Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Carrie Russell. Carrie is an energetic business coach. She is an audacious 5-1 SQL generator teaching her clients how to lead with their energy and intuition forward. Through mastering her own energetics and human design, Carrie has built a thriving multiple six-figure coaching business rooted in deep power and freedom. Through her own rapid expansion, Carrie is leading other women to create next level wealth and liberation. Her signature coaching style fuses human design, mindset work, emotional intelligence, spirit, and self-expression to help her clients unlock wealth and build their business their way. This was an incredible conversation of two women, two generators who have lots of energy, and we dove into so many things, specifically human design not being about being in the box about a definition of what it is, but really owning and embracing who you are. And I've linked in the show notes, Carrie's Facebook group, because you can go in there for a free masterclass on understanding your human design. And we talked about triggers and how to shift what a trigger means to see it as a potential expander. We dove into the women who are truly expanders in our life and how so many of them are showing what is possible. And Carrie did a great job explaining her definition and her her feelings around fear, how to recognize it, how to shift it, and how to use it as a compass in your life instead of a roadblock. That's the difference. So many people get stuck, and myself included creating fear and making it be this roadblock when it can actually be the the compass in our life. Carrie shared about our best strategy for anything in our business is to understand our energy and how it can work for us as opposed to against us. You're going to absolutely love this conversation. There's so much fire in it and I loved it. Welcome to the show today, Carrie. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Marsha. I'm so glad to be here. All right. So we connected, I think online, maybe last year or the year before, and I have really dove into a couple of your programs and loved, have loved learning from you and loved learning about human design. But I know a lot of my audience is still learning about human design and learning about all the different things. And so we're going to chat a little bit about you specifically. Where are you from? I am born in the greater Toronto area. So I was born in Scarborough, but I currently reside in a little country town called Millbrook, which is about 15 minutes outside of Peterborough. Okay. Millbrook. I always wondered because I see your pictures and your backyard looks, is that your backyard? It is right. It it is. Yes. Yes. That's why we moved here. We moved, we, we moved here for this specific lot. Like when we sat, when we found out that there was a subdivision coming to this area, we're like, we want that lot. It backs onto forest and 
it's like kind of the best of both worlds. We've got like cottage in the back, but we've got a neighborhood with kids in the front. So it's, we love it here. It was the best decision we made. It That's was so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love the nature. So I always look at it and it just looks so good. I have a question for you. What is the superpower of yours? Whoa. Okay. So I think one of my superpowers that I've known and have been really honing is my ability to connect and build rapport with people very fast. Mm -hmm. I have a very, you know, natural intuitive sense of people and can really that individuality in people, I can really like pick out and play with and, and, and experience and help them express better. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I've, I've known that I've been, that's one of my superpowers for, um, a long time. That's awesome. I love that. What is something that people do not know about you? Ooh, this is a tough one. Cause I'm, I'm an open book. Like I, there's very little that I don't, share openly. What do people not know about me? Marsha, you stumped me. I know it did. Oh my goodness. Um, I think a misconception is that I'm very extroverted when in reality, I'm actually incredibly introverted. I'm, I, I love connecting with people and I love speaking and I love coaching and teaching, but at my core, I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I didn't mean to stump you, but I just, no, that's okay. <laughs> it's good. It makes it make, right. Brings out more self-awareness. <laughs> it does. It does. I love it. But one of the things I love about podcasting, but it's so funny because people who do, who are present, like really present online have, you do have a strong personality, which I've always been like, I attract to learn from you, but it's, it's always perceived then that you're like on and super, super extroverted. And I think that is a big misconception. I, I I very much have an introvert side and there are times where it's like, oh my God, I've got to be by myself right now. <laughs> yes, I feel that. I And I used to feel bad about that. I used to feel bad that I needed time to myself. I thought it was selfish. I thought it was greedy. I thought it's like, you know, but as I go deeper into my human design, there are so many pieces in my design that confirm that I need that solitude. I need that time away and I can be social, Mm -hmm. but I actually prefer to be alone a lot of the time. (laughs) No judgment here. Trust me. I totally get it. it. You you've been like definitely prominent in the human design as far as how you share it, all the different ways that you do. How did it come into your life? Mm. It in a very divine orchestrated way. So Amy, who is my coach right now, Mm -hmm. me and Amy, we were in a group program with two other coaches four or five years ago. And at that time, Amy was just starting to play in human design and we knew she was talking about it, but she hadn't really brought it out into her business yet. So um, I learned about human design through my coach. And that's when I started playing. I started jumping into her smaller containers, her little mini masterminds, her group programs. And then I was hooked. It was like, I see like before human design and after human design in my life. And I'm so grateful. Like the, the synchronicities that brought Amy and I together inside that group program, even with how we knew the coaches who were leading that group, it's just, it's like a a whole other episode, (laughs) but it was like, it was meant to be like, I really truly believe like I was meant to, to find Amy. I was meant to stay in her world. She was meant to be 
my mentor in human design and, you know, going in through her certification and now continuing to be supported by her. It's yeah. It's yeah. That's beautiful. When you did that, were you just starting to grow into a coaching space or did human, which came first chicken and egg, like which kind of came first for you? So I had, I had, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I've always had something on the go outside of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I decided to go back to school in my, you know, early mid thirties, it was at that time that I also started my business. And that's when I found Amy. So it kind of like the, it was a big transitional time in my, in my life going from, you know, going back to school full time with two young kids and then finding human design and starting my coaching business. Although it wasn't, it was goal coaching when I first started and then moved into business coaching. Um, but that is when it's like my, my world's collided and I, and human design found me at a transitional period in my life. Nice. That's so nice. And then as you were, how long did you go back to teaching before mm-hmm. you then decided to make a leap into your own business full-time? Yeah. So my program that I took was in the States. So it was a condensed program. So it was 16 months. So I did 16 months of teacher's college and then I supply taught for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it was about a year into supply teaching that I, that my business started to like, when I say take off, I mean like provide a steady income (laughs) and it was, you know, and so it became this where I'd be teaching in the classroom, but I'd be thinking about the workshop that I'd be leading that night or a group program. Like I would leave on my lunch break to go steal Wi-Fi from the Eastside Mario's and run a live call in the, in my car (laughs) in between like on my lunch break, like trying to like fit it all in. Right. Cause you know, I still like my kids are older now, so it's easier now to, to navigate their schedules and my schedule. But when I first started, you know, my little guy was in kindergarten and you know, there was still a lot of like mom responsibilities after school. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was when I think back now, I'm like, how did it was like, how did I do it? But it's like, this is, this is it. It's like, when we know what we want and when we are led by that desire, it's like, we don't have to worry about how it like figures itself out. And we find, we find those deeper layers of us that are willing to do what other people aren't willing to do to create the life that we want. Yeah. So I'm just grateful that I, had the energy and the time and the the grit to, uh, to do what I did back then, because if I had to do it all over again with the time and the navigation is like, I don't know. I don't know if I would shoot. Well, I know that I would, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think that that's a great, I, I just want that message to land for somebody who was thinking, okay, but I, I have young kids and I want to start this Mm. business and I have a job and I don't know what to do. And it's like, you can build it in pockets and maybe it takes longer, but I've also learned that yes, it's a long game, but you can have quantum leaps. Like things can happen in quantum leaps when you continue to show up. Well, well, this is it. And I think like it was, you know, back when I first started my business, yes, I had desires to grow my business, but it was never going to be, it was never the only thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a lot of expectations on it. And I think that that was like a beautiful gift because it just allowed me to have fun and play and build it 
even though I was still learning human design and was, you know, making misalignment mistakes and, and poor decisions that now when I look back, I'm like, had I known HD ahead of time, I wouldn't have done things that way. But at least, you know, the, the pressure to make it be the thing wasn't there. So it gave me, you know, if I could only do a lunchtime call, it wasn't like the end of the world. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? It was just yeah. it, exactly what you said. I found pockets. Like I knew it was, it knew it made me happy. I knew it was what I was supposed to be, you know, how I'm supposed to be serving the world. And I just found ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that decision. Like it's like, I had two young kids. I went to school full time. I was working full time. I was gone every other weekend in another country. Like when logically it doesn't make sense that it could, it all fit together, mm-hmm. but it did. And, and I'm so glad it did. Cause here, you know, here I am today and it's now my only, it's now my full-time thing. Yeah. And you yeah. have experienced major quantum leaps in your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to share wherever you want to dive in there. Yeah. Quantum leaps are something that in the beginning of my business, it was like, okay, I want to make a quantum leap. I'm going to do a quantum leap. I want to, how do I do a quantum leap? It's like, we get in our head and we get in like the, how we try and control the process. And, you know, looking back now in hindsight, I can see where that was coming from a fear coming from a lack coming from not trusting myself coming from expectations and, and wanting to know exactly when the results and the leaps were going to happen. But looking back in hindsight, it's like those quantum leaps happen and it wasn't any one specific thing that I did. It was the culmination of all the work that I had been doing leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like if I hadn't showed up consistently for two and a half years, if I hadn't continued to, to learn and grow in my coaching skills, if I hadn't, you know, gone deeper into human design, if I hadn't tried things and failed miserably and made the biggest mistakes and, you know, said the wrong thing. And if I hadn't have done all that, the quantum leap wouldn't have happened. It wasn't like one specific thing. It was the culmination that all of a sudden, boom. Now I'm, you know, I, I quantum leap my income, quantum leap my audience, how many people sign up for master classes? Like I think too, you know, even in energetically or in how we respond to different situations, quantum leaps aren't just about finances. It's not like that's one way that we can quantum leap is with money. But when I think back, you know, the last time I was booking a hotel, like I quantum leaped, like I used to pick like the cheapest of the cheapest hotels. I don't need luxury. I just need a bed to sleep. And now it's like, no, like I actually desire a good night's sleep, not just a night's sleep. I desire to feel like I'm being pampered, that I don't have to worry about things. And the money isn't, yes, it's expensive to some, but it's, it's worth it. Like, I feel like I'm now the kind of woman who would spend that money where before my worthiness, my ego was protecting me. So those quantum leaps happen in other ways other than just money. And it it is, it's the hindsight being able to look back and go, Oh, I just had a quantum leap. It's not like, Oh, I'm in, I'm going to have a quantum leap. It's, Oh, I did quantum leap. I cannot. I'm so grateful. You talked about it in that way because Mm. I was, I actually wanted to backdoor the way of saying (laughs) I did actually two generators right here. I wanted to backdoor the way of saying it's not just money. Like it is not just money and people think it's money. 
Yeah. And it's not just money because I know one of the things that still has stuck in my head, a number of things have that you've said, but one of the things that stuck in my head was how did you feel and have experience a quantum leap say in 2021 versus 2020. And one of the things you said stuck in my head was the fact that I found more ways to enjoy myself. I found more mm-hmm. ways to mm-hmm. like you, you said your backyard, your hot tub. Yes. Like, yes. Like, yes. what is it? Can you talk a little bit to the, the people, if you're first off back it up one second as a generator who go, 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 goes, what has been so powerful for you to learn how to really lean in and give yourself space so that the things you don't have to have it all light you up. Like the things that light you up, you actually have something left in your tank to go for. Yeah, that was a big lesson for me. And it's still something that I I work on. Like I am obsessed with my work. Like I, and that's the generator thing, right? And we feel a lot of conditioning. We feel a lot of guilt. We feel a lot of like being obsessed is a bad thing. Like when someone's going to the gym every single day, like, oh, you're obsessed. Like, how can you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's said in such a negative way, but that's how I feel my business. So a lot of my work in aligning deeper to my sacral is, is creating like the terminology that, you know, my coaches coach uses and I use is like the magic in the mundane. Mm -hmm. How can I bring that same excitement, that same love, that same joy, that same pleasure to my morning coffee, to, you know, an afternoon, you know, family movie on the weekend or a hot tub in the middle of a day, like middle of a Tuesday with my husband. Cause we both work from home. Like mm-hmm. just like finding those, those ways that you can activate that desire outside of our business, because yes, we're generators. Yes. We're here to work, but we're here to fucking live. Like yeah. we, like we are, we're not here to just work. And I think that sometimes it gets especially with our tendency to be obsessed. And this also, you know, other, as soon as I'm saying that out loud, I'm like other centers, profile lines, like other things come into play with that, but it's really around choosing to experience the same level of joy in my business, in my life. And that requires me to lead myself with a higher level of intentionality in my life and making sacral led decisions, not just in my business, but in everything that I do. And that, that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because all of that combined is what allows for quantum leaps. Like all of that. This is it. It's I've really learned, like I have a motto. It's like every time I sweat, I make money because whenever I move my body, when I give myself time to exercise and enjoy that, you know, I say that I play in my open heart center when I'm exercising, I, I, I allow myself to be competitive. I allow myself to, to push harder and to, to grit and get into my willpower. And it has nothing to do with my business, but the impact overflows into my business because I'm taking care of myself outside of my business because I'm enjoying life and I'm having fun. That magnetism is amplified when we can really, it's, we're not sacrals just to be lit up in business. We are sacrals to be lit up in life. We are life force, not business force. So it's truly that, that choice to make your life just as much fun, if not more fun, more exciting as your business. Mm, I thank you so much for explaining it that way, because honestly, that is, there's a lot of power in that for people who are listening And as it comes down to it and learning about human design, if somebody is listening to this and says, okay, I don't have a clue what you guys are talking about. What's the best way for them to dive in and learn a little bit more. 
So I always direct people to the free website, mybodygraph.com. It gives you your free chart. However, once you're looking at your chart, it's like a different language. <laughs> What's your like, number? What, is this, what does this even mean? What does this even mean? So um, I'm going to plug my Facebook group. I'm going to plug my Facebook group here, Marsha. Um, yeah, I have an incredible human design 101 masterclass that's free that can, is recorded that you can go in and watch. And so that kind of gives you a foundational understanding of the three pillars, type, strategy, and authority. So your energetic type, and then each energy type has a strategy and how they're meant to respond and interact with the world. And then their authority, which is how they make decisions. And so it's a, it's the human design one-on-one and it gives you those basic building blocks. And then I would suggest for people to uh, book a reading with, with a human design reader of their choice, like who they feel connected to. And I think this is really important to mention because human design, it's a tool and every coach, every reader, we put our own intuitive spin to the reading, to the chart, to the connection. And it's, it's so much more than just the information. It's like the information is incredible, but the magic isn't in the information. It's in the embodiment. It's in the integration. It's in the experimentation. So I always suggest that, you know, people find a reader or someone who's in human design that they feel really connected to, that they are witnessing them in their embodiment in a way that feels good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you said, like I'm a generator, I move fast. I'm, you know, I'm bold in my communication. I sell a lot. So I, the way that I build my business might not be aligned for some people. So it might, you know, our energies immediately just might not vibe. So don't just pick me to do your reading because I'm a human design reader, like really tap into the energy of the people that you are learning human design from and what feels where you feel intuitively drawn to get that reading done because you will then hear the information you know, better, and you'll be able to integrate it in a more individualized way. That's beautiful. Thank you for saying that because we also are in a space. There's a lot of women. I see so many more who are literally about like collaboration, supporting each other, like sharing that. And then there's some who still talk it, but don't do it, or they think they do, but they don't. And that's fine. But you need to be in a space where like recognize, yes, there are a lot of different people who can share the same things, but we have Mm -hmm. different styles. And please pick somebody who resonates with you. That's exactly it. And I think, you know, someone who is an emotional authority, it might be better for them to have a reading done by someone who has an emotional authority. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's it, it's the only way that an emotional authority can get a reading done, but I know like one of my, my private clients, she's an emotional authority. So her experience and her ability to communicate the emotional authority is going to be very different than mine and vice versa for me with my sacral authority. So it's just, it's really, you know, knowing yourself before you go into the reading so that you can, you can be connecting with the reader on an energetic level, not just because you think they have the information that's going to fix something for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. I will make sure that your Facebook group is connected in the show notes. And I encourage you you listening to this to please go in there because that is a masterclass that's in your group, right? That is available. Yes. It's in the guide section. There's a whole bunch of different masterclasses in there, but I always direct to the HD 101 as the starting, the starting point. Perfect. Perfect. 
So now somebody is listening and you, they are talking about the fear. How do I make decisions? How do I do things? It's, or, or it's almost a case that there's so many distractions out there as I'm trying to build a business. How do I make decisions? And then when I get ready to make one fear jumps in. So Mm -hmm. what recommendations can you give to a newer entrepreneur listening of how do you, I know how you deal with fears different than somebody else, but I would just love to hear your take on that. Yeah. This is funny because I, I sat in fear for so long before I started my business and uh, my fear usually manifests in like a physical reaction. Like when I was being asked to start leading workshops, I was working at Lululemon and I was their goal coach and I'd be leading leadership and goal coaching workshops. And that's when I was really starting to like find my groove in, in the coaching. And when I was asked to start coaching other stores teams it was like the fear in me was like I can't like I don't like I felt comfortable being me in front of the people who knew me Mm -hmm. and I actually canceled my first workshop three times because I got strep throat and then I got a headache and then something came up at my store and I like I like the physical manifestation of fear and on the day that I was driving up there to lead the call I saw a stray dog on the side of the road. It was the coldest day. It was like minus 40 out. And I was like, well, got to cancel the workshop. I got to save this big yellow dog. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. <laughs> like, and so I called, it was my sister's store. And I called my sister and she's like, care, deal with the dog, but then drive up after. Like you're coming to lead the damn workshop. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, I can't get out of it. I can't, I actually have to go. Like I can't. My sister's calling me out. Like she's not giving me a way out here. Um, And it was in that moment that I realized like, oh my God, I'm manifesting these situations. So I don't have to step out of my fear. But what I've come to realize is that fear is our desires in disguise. We fear something because it matters so much to us. It's highlighting, it's showing, it's, it's, it's displaying what we actually want in life. Like if we didn't feel fear, then it's like, oh, then it must not be that important to you. So this is kind of now how I lead myself. It's like, if I'm not feeling fear, if I'm not feeling the butterflies in my stomach, I know I'm playing too fucking small. Yeah. It's like, if I don't feel like I'm going to throw up, like after I hit that post, like after I do that live or after I launch a program or after I, you know, put a new outfit on or new, do a new photo shoot. Like if I don't feel like I'm going to like, like pass out, I'm not playing big enough. Mm -hmm. So fear has now become this thing that I welcome. Like I say, like I smile in the face of fear because I know on the other side of that fear is my next level. And I think for so many of us, we missed, we take fear as a sign to not do the thing. When in reality, that fear is the sign to actually go do the fucking thing. And when it comes to the decision to do it, this is where our authority comes in. So it's like, my sacral can say yes, but then my ego, my mind, my limiting beliefs can say no. So it's the level of, you know, cognitive awareness that I have now to be like, okay, my sacral is actually saying yes, but it's my ego that is fearing being bruised. So it's telling me not to do this thing. The fear is coming up. Like, what if I, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if no one signs up? What if, what if I, what if I'm misunderstood? That fear is there. It's like, no, I, I desire deeper levels of self-expression. So I've got to be okay being misunderstood. So that fear there, again, is that desire in disguise. And I trust my sacral and I move. 
And that's exactly how you show up. And that's exactly what you do. And I think that I appreciate you talking about it that way because fear really does paralyze a lot of people. And mm-hmm. we, there's so much of like, I, I need to know the how first. And we, there's no situation in our life where we've ever known the how, and it's worked out that way. It's just, right. it, it doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, in hindsight, when we look back, that's where we can find the evidence of like, oh, right. Remember last time I went to go do the thing and it didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to, or that I expected it, but I still, I pulled my shit together. I composed myself and I still did it and everything was beautiful. It's like being able to rely, like looking back for evidence. But then I also think, especially women having that, that like, I want to say sisterhood, but it doesn't even have to be sisterhood, but having that space where you feel and you see other women doing the scary things, Mm -hmm. like so much of what I learned could be possible is by watching and being expanded by other women doing what, even though I was scared to do, I desire to do Mm -hmm. and seeing them do it. It was like that, like, Oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think that having that support, whether it's like an intimate or, uh, like some, you know, mastermind or even like a free group program, like a free Facebook group or something, or even just finding people that you follow on social that really activate that, you know, that maybe trigger, but really activate that next level in you. It's like, we can always, one of my mentors always says like, we're either calibrating up or we're calibrating down. And it's our responsibility to like, where are we calibrating to? So it's like, this is why for me, like those expanders are such a big, it's like, I'm calibrating to the level of woman that I know I'm here to be Mm -hmm. because I surround myself with women doing what I desire to do and being who I desire not to be like them, but, you know, experiencing life in similar ways. And I think that's, that has been so key for me and my ability to step out of the fear is being able to see other people doing what I want and, and being like, okay, like they made a mistake and they didn't die. So it's like, and it's also too, I know I say this a lot, but it's like, I'm not doing brain surgery. No, you know, like, it's like this, this, it really brings me, I know it sounds so like cliche. And so, but it's like, I don't have someone's brain in my hands where a millimeter, half a millimeter there is going to, is going to destroy the rest. Like let's look at like the gravity of what I'm actually scared of, you know, like bringing myself down to earth again. I I love that you said that. I had a client yesterday who was talking about like, she was so, so, so afraid of this Mm. one thing, taking this next step. And I'm like, you don't know what it looks like over here, but you've made up a story of what it looks like because you don't have any idea, but you are miserable right here. So which one do you want to choose? Like, (laughs) this is it. It's like the fear of being disappointed, the fear of failing, but it's like, you're already experiencing those feelings now. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah like, what's the difference? And I also think as you were speaking there, Marsha, one of the things is like, what's, I look at the truth of the fear. So if let's say I do this thing and I fail miserably and I don't say what I want to say, and I am misunderstood. Do you know the author Tim Ferriss for our work week, Tim Ferriss? So I can't remember what book it's in, but he, uh, fear, fear casting, fear casting. Mm -hmm. I think he calls it fear planning, fear setting, fear setting, something like that. It's one of those, it's a strategy that he uses and he actually used it to help with his anxiety. But I really, it's like, 
the truth of like, oh, if I put this program out and nobody buys, okay, so what if no one buys? Like just looking at that, looking at whatever is actually the scariest thing and, and that it takes, it takes a mystery out of it. It's like, oh, right. So if no one does this, or if that happens, if this fails, I'm still going to be okay. Yeah. It's neutral, right? You, it's so whatever the phrase is that helps. Sometimes I always say like the, the story only ever has a meaning. I give it like mm. lots of coaches have had programs they've launched that nobody joined or, oh. or that like one or two people have joined, but those two people have gone on to refer multiple people. So it's not a failure. No. And I fully believe that we are always attracting, always attracting, you know, this is a, um, a human design, you know, belief that I hold that we're always attracting our magnetic monopole in our chart. It's always attracting. We are never repelling and we are attracting everything. We're attracting with who we are. Like, you know, the saying, like, we don't attract what we want. We attract who we are. So I believe that we're attracting who we are being. So if we're being a certain way, that's what we're going to be attracting more of in our life. And I also believe that we attract the lessons that we need to learn in order to get to that next level. So one of the jokes is like, what's worse than no one signing up for a program, one person signing up for a program. And it's like, can you hold your energy for that one person? You say you can hold it for 10, 15, 20, 100 and 200. But what if only one person shows up? Can you hold your power? Can you hold your composure? And can you show up like a hundred people are watching? So Mm -hmm. it's, it's really where I fully believe that there are no failures. Like failures are opportunities to learn and grow. It's like, I, I know the third line we talk about, we talk about trial and error and we talk about failing and mistakes and stuff the true meaning of failure, I don't believe that it actually exists. Mm -hmm. I think it, it only exists if you decide to quit or give up and like not pursue what it is that you want to do. And even in that, it's like the, the compassion, the emotional intelligence piece comes in. It's like, there's a, there's a learning in that, in that again, quote unquote failure. So it's just being open to receiving and trusting that everything is always rearranging for you. And that everything is always happening for you. And it's up to us to lead ourselves to pull out that wisdom, to pull out that lesson, to, to allow ourselves to move forward with more ease, with more confidence, with more trust. So, no, I love, I love, love, love all the energy that just went into that. Love it. Um, <laughs> as we, as we were chatting and thank you for breaking down so much about the fear piece. I love the expander piece. And I would love if you would speak to the fact that there's a lot of conversation that happens around triggers and people who trigger mm-hmm. us. And then mm-hmm. I like to flip it and look at it is who is expanding. Me. Yeah. There are people who trigger me in a sense, because maybe I don't resonate with them and that's not, it's not against them. It's just, I don't, but there are expanders. So I would just love it. If you would just talk a little bit about triggers versus expanders and how that has shown up for you. Definitely. And I think too, um, when I think about a trigger, I think sometimes that the experience of a trigger, we can call it a trigger when in actuality, it's just our heightened awareness. So in the situation that you just said, it's not that they trigger me. It's that I just don't vibe with them. I just don't, I just don't energetically, you know, I'm not energetically attracted to them. So it's not so much that there is something to be healed within you because you're feeling that trigger that triggers actually just a heightened level of awareness or a sensitivity that it's like, actually, no, this person just isn't for me. Um, but in the true essence of what a trigger is, I call triggers gifts of shit. Mm 
because triggers feel shitty. They feel really shitty and it requires a lot of emotional intelligence, a lot of self-awareness and a lot of power to be able to acknowledge when we are being triggered because our ego will make us feel like we're bad or wrong for feeling triggered. So uh, both, you know, my coaches and my mentor, Amy and Melanie, they started as big triggers for me seeing them. Like I remember the day that Amy said she was quitting teaching to run her business and I had just started supply teaching. I was like, who the fuck leaves teaching? Well, you know what I mean? Right. Because I was getting started. Like it was my, my belief. And it's like, who gives up a full-time teaching job? Like a full-time teaching job is like people work eight, nine years for this thing. Like it didn't make logical sense to me that someone would choose to give up that security. Right. And so it was like, what, like, who the fuck does she think she is? You know, like it literally like it was, and I've told her this. So this is all good. It's all good. I love this. (laughs) She's heard this story before, but it's in that moment. It's like, it triggered me because it challenged my belief system. It challenged what I thought was possible for me. So that's where that trigger, I always say like, whenever you're pointing your finger out, it's like, no, you turn that point, you put that finger and turn it back on you. The only reason why we're being triggered in that type of a situation is because something is being reflected back to us, either something that we need to heal or the reflecting back a desire that we either aren't consciously aware of yet, or we don't want to admit that we desire it. That's why, especially like with money and luxury items, it's like, there's a lot of money mindset and money energetics work there, but we've been conditioned to believe that wanting money is bad. So when we see people celebrating a lot of money, we desire, we may desire that money, but we don't see it that way. We're like, who are they to talk about their money? So again, those triggers are opportunities for us to heal. They're the the gifts of shit. They're literally, there's a gift on the other side of that shitty, uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. And someone can be a trigger, but someone can also be, this is my opinion. Someone can be a trigger. And then that trigger turns into an expander. So an example being you know, Amy, Melanie, they start as triggers, but now they're my highest expanders, but they, they still trigger me. Like there's still moments where it's like, Oh, okay. Got to go to work. Got to go in. Like what, what is it about it? Like, where am I holding myself back? Where am I in doubt? Where am I not, you know, being fully expressed? Like, again, it's that, that, that trigger creates the expansion for what I know to be possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, wow. So good. There's one thing too with expanders, Marsh, if you don't mind me talking just a little bit longer on this, is that we find expanders who we relate to on a personal level and not just pick anybody because of that we think that they should be expanders for us. But, you know, knowing, you know, my expanders, Amy's a mom, she's got young kids, she was a teacher, you know, like, so there was a lot of relatability pieces that I could see. So seeing that relation is what expanded my reality where if it was a single bachelor man, he wouldn't have the same, he wouldn't have the same connection. Mm-hmm. So it's really around like really, you know, being open to being triggered by those people, but knowing that if you can lead yourself through the trigger, it, the expansion is on the other side. That is honestly, that is so powerful. What you said, I, I thank you for breaking it down like that because it just, it really hit home for me. And I wanted that message to land for some people, because I also think like, I I'm going to, we talk almost in times of like pre pandemic and I don't Mm -hmm. want to say post yet, but we're still in this, in this space. 
But the one thing that has become so apparent and you cannot deny it is there are incredible numbers of women who are building unbelievable businesses. Like it is, if that triggers you and you're trying to build a business online and coaching, I would suggest you start working through that because there's, there's a ton of evidence that women are doing it. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like I have a hard time owning that I built my business in the pandemic because my, my situation, like I didn't struggle the way that I know so many struggled. I was so lucky that I was already choosing. I just left teaching. I left teaching that January pandemic started in March. Yeah. So, um, I had already made the decision to not go to, to not teach. So I knew that I could be home with my kids. Um, even though my teaching, if you know, but just to be at home, my husband was a teacher, so he was able to be home and he's now been teaching online for the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, the struggles of, of, uh, that a lot of people experience, I didn't like, and I acknowledge that I acknowledge the privilege that I have in that. Um, but I think that the, the beautiful thing of the last two years is that it gave it, it, it woke people up to what they were doing in life out of expectation, out of should, out of, you know, it's what I've always done. So I'm going to keep doing it out of safety, out of security. And it's like the blanket or the the rug was ripped out from underneath them. And it's like, they became awake to like, this isn't actually what I want. This is what, like, it gave them that I don't want to say rock bottom because it wasn't rock bottom for everyone, but I know it, it felt that way for a lot of people. And I'm not saying that there needs to be struggle in order for you to, you know, grow. But I do think that it provided big opportunity for clarity for people. And then it's on them and their support systems and their lifestyles and their, you know, their resources as to how they're able to use that clarity moving forward. But I like, I don't think there's been ever been a time where it's most available to you to grow your business online right now. I agree. I, I completely agree. I, I honestly, I couldn't agree more and it is doable. I think one of the interesting things comes to like, I like to talk about stories because I like people to show up as who they are because yeah. if you're trying to build the business like Carrie, like somebody else, and you're not bringing yourself to the business, mm-hmm. you will never, like you're going to tread water forever because you're not letting people see you. And I think that's a missing piece right now. A hundred percent. I think that there's a lot of, when I say this, like, and I think you actually shared like authenticity isn't a trend, you know what I mean? Yep. But I think uh, that in the last few years, authenticity has become a trend, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's like faux authenticity. It's like the authenticity that people think people want to see and think people want to want to be. And like part of my, you know, what's what I am super passionate about, but what's also like written in my, in my, in my gene keys and in my human design is that self-expression, that authentic self-expression. And that is really what human design allows people to step into is understanding like when you're, you can't be authentic if you don't know what being authentic actually looks like and feels like for you. Cause you're just going to continue to be run by limiting beliefs and subconscious patterning and, and, and programming. And so having a tool like human design to facilitate the self-awareness to go deeper into what your authenticity is, is so powerful. And then I also think 
we make it harder than it needs to be. I need the fancy website. I need the fancy graphics. I need the this. I need the that. I need the, it's like, no, you don't. You've, everyone has a phone. Yeah. Everyone has a phone. Instagram is free. Facebook is free. Hit live mm-hmm. and show up. Like we make excuse. And again, these are, these are ego, ego excuses. I want to look professional. I want to look like I know what I'm doing. I don't want people to think that I just, that I, you know, I don't know what it's like. Who the fuck cares? Like if you've got something on your soul, if your store, right? Like, you know, like your store, like this is, we've got free. We don't have to wait to be invited to speak anymore on stage. We have the stage in our palm of our hands. And so it's just about, again, that desire, that, that willingness to lean into that desire to willingness to walk with the fear and, and show up as you and own you, right? Own your choices. A hundred percent. I honestly, I couldn't agree more. And I love that you said that and the way that you said that, which you've almost summarized, but I wanted to just tie a bow in this piece of it. What has changed in your life by truly owning who you are? Because I do see you as someone who owns who she is in not just, not just your business, but how you show up, what you create all of the things like what has changed for you And do you ever have moments where, not doubt, but where it's like, oh, I don't, that's not actually me, or I want to show up more as me. Like, how Mm -hmm. do you, how do you navigate some of that? It's funny that we, (laughs) so this is a conversation I had in my own coaching this morning with my coach, Marsha. So this is perfectly timed. So I'm going to answer the first question first, like what has really shifted? And I think the biggest thing that I have found is that it's, I have way more energy just being me. We waste a lot of energy when we're trying to fit the box, when we're trying to follow the rules. It's like we the overthinking, the energetic, we waste just so much energy in the thinking and the trying and the proving and the forcing. So when we do own our way and when I have owned my way and own who I am, it's like, you know, my dad always says, this is a quote from him. He's like, um, like, don't, don't lie because it's harder to remember than the truth. And I think, I know, like, we're not talking about lying and truth, but this, this, this realness, right? Like it's, it's the realness. I don't have to remember anything. I don't have to like, like put an act on. I don't have to like change like so much. We waste so much more energy trying to change our energy to fit other people. than if we just allowed ourselves to be who the fuck we are. Right. So it's the ease, the ease has really been, um, the biggest thing that I have felt in how I run my business specifically is the ease. When I just allow myself to do things my way, it's like all the time I wasted thinking and strategizing and planning. Let's like, I don't do any of that anymore. I just fully trust my way in the moment. And then the second piece of your question. Yeah. Like the doubt is still there. The, 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 the moments, the, the dipping, like it, obviously it doesn't happen as often or as frequently. I much, I have a, a heightened awareness to where, when that's coming through, but knowing my design. So the generator signature is satisfaction. And for us, that satisfaction can easily turn to comfort can easily turn to contentment that satisfaction you know my coach said it's you know you could you find yourself on cruise control and that's exactly what it is and so as a generator i'm just consciously be aware I even said i'm like i need a sticky note a sticky note on my on like like out of sight out of mind kind of thing because you don't realize how long you've been out of alignment until you're out of until you realize you've been out of alignment and so it's like your the effort it takes to consciously be aware of 
Where am I moving in from a place of cruise control, from ease, from comfort, from that sacral satisfaction? And then the other piece, again, you know, relating it back to is my fifth line. So that fifth line is in, you know, is the projection. So the fear of the projections of other people and this, the leadership that comes through in the fifth line, I have to pull that out of me. Like it's a conscious choice to pull that leadership, to pull that power and that boldness out of me. My content, I naturally want to write to the compassionate, to the the third lines, to the trial and error, to the I understand. And I naturally want to communicate in that way and to, the, to my first line, like the information and the foundation and the solidness. It's a conscious choice to lean into my fifth line and to really pull it out and to not, again, get comfortable. I'm consciously choosing to play in the edge. I experience doubt. I experience fear. I experience like not wanting to show up in a certain way and having to like, okay, like my, my higher level self is showing up this way. My seven figure self is showing up this way. So let's go. Like, let's do the damn thing. Let's be the damn way. You know what I mean? Let's say the damn thing. So I always say like, I don't want that to sound daunting for people because I know that this work, this alignment work, it never ends. Like I, like your, your income doesn't make you immune. Your income doesn't make you immune to this work, this inner work it's ongoing. And that can feel daunting. It can feel heavy, but I see it as I am here for constant growth and evolution, you know? Um, and that's going to require me to be uncomfortable. So I got to get comfortable being uncomfortable 99% of the time. I, I have always loved how you've explained that. And I love how these, like these discomforts don't go away, especially as you are continuing to expand and as a simple, like just, and I would see if I can word it properly as a very simple explanation. One of the things that you asked me, I did a Voxer day with you last year, still changed my whole business. And Mm -hmm. I just, I own that. And I'm so grateful because one of the things you asked me was like, where was I frustrated and what needed to go in my business? And I made that mean something about me that I was not succeeding. If I drop this part of my business, who am I now? What am I going Mm -hmm. to do? That's who I identify with. And it was immediately, as soon as I started to look at that, that became the shift. And so many things changed. Like, like when I look at my business growth, sometimes I feel like I'm still the hamster on the wheel because I'm still new. And then I have to stop and go, okay, but that you have done a lot of things in this time, like you have done. So stop and appreciate it and be grateful. But the, my message is, is like the frustration piece that has become almost my home base. Now it's like, wait, why am I frustrated? What am I doing? That's not working and what needs to go. And, and now I don't even make it mean anything more. It's like, who can I get help with for that? Or what has to go? How do I get back to satisfaction? How do I get back to that piece of it? And that has been a game changer. And that has been the gift of human design for me because it never put me in a box to me. It gave me freedom. hundred percent. And that's how it's supposed to be used. You know, there are no limitations in, in human design. And I know sometimes it can sound that way, the way that things are communicated, which is why having a, a reading done and, and really examining where we, we actually create our own limitations, where our ego creates limitations mm-hmm. on, on our design when they, what they, they're not actually there. And I think too, that frustration piece as the generators, as all, you know, sacral, so MGs as well, that is like, it's so powerful. 
and it's, a, we know when we are frustrated. And okay. Like, it, like we know, <laughs> you we know, like want to admit it because it feels like that's weakness to admit that. And that is, again, it's like that vulnerability that leaving, you know, that stepping into like the higher frequency ego of like, I know I feel frustrated. I know I'm making it mean that I suck, that I did something wrong, that I shouldn't have done that, that blah, 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 blah. But when we go into like the high, it's like, well, what, how do I actually desire to feel? And it's like, if we know that we're frustrated, then we know that we, we have, a, we can make a choice. And for us as, as sacrals, it's the sacral. Yes. And, and honoring the sacral. No, they're equally as important. And for you in that moment, it was that part of your business was a sacral. No, but the fear and the ego was telling you to hold on to it, but your sacral knew it was time to let go. And you did. And look at what happened. I let it go. Like it's incredible. I let it go in November. And like in December, I had my highest month of the year, the easiest way possible. And it brought completely brand new people into my space. And I'm sitting here going, this is actually funny because (laughs) what is happening? And, but I use that, that's my benchmark. And I go back to, and it's funny because we all do do things differently and we don't need to compare ourselves to others. Mm. It is funny because I have had probably three clients. If you're listening, you're going to know it's you three clients who have reached out to me in the last month. They're like, I'm worried that you're doing too much. Like, are you okay? (laughs) Are you going to be, I'm like, I so appreciate you, but I honestly do an inventory right now. Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Okay. Then I'm going to say yes. And I'll figure it out afterwards. And that also means that I have sprints right now because we have a lot of moving parts of what's going on in, uh, in my business, Rachel, which I'm super grateful for. But when I have sprints, like I took this morning, I looked ahead last week and I went, Ooh, I better block that morning off. And I just blocked the entire morning off worked out, took my time. And I was like, okay, I feel more human now. And that's just recognizing that. Whereas before, I don't think I would have done that. And that's, that's you leading yourself in alignment, right? Knowing what you need. And I think what's also, you know, the generator, like our sacral will never say yes to something that we don't have the capacity to hold. It's a great point. So if we are moving in alignment with our sacral, all the yeses that we feel will have the energy to hold them. It's when we start doing things from a place of should, from a place of FOMO, from a place of obligation that drains the energy. And also knowing like the speed of the generator, we always talk about the speed of the generator and, and, you know, the sacral yes and in the moment and stuff and the, the, the life force and the energizer bunny. But we go through periods, you know, I'm, you might not, have experienced this yet, Marsha, in your alignment journey, but the generator lull, the generator plateau, where we actually do get into this like sprint phase where it's like, go, 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 do, 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 sacral, yes, sacral, yes, sacral, yes. And then, and then we're going to hit a plateau and it's going to feel frustrating. It's going to feel like, what the hell is happening? Why isn't anything like I'm bored? I'm exhausted. Like what's going on? And it's in that plateau that most generators quit. Most generators give up and say, it's not working. It should be easier by now. I should be there by now. The expectations take over, but that plateau, that lull is an opportunity for us to go deeper into our mastery. And that means slowing down sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I've had two lulls in the last six months where it's like, things just kind of slow right down. I'm like, go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden it's nothing. And it's again, like what you say, like, what are we making it mean? 
Mm-hmm. And so it's again, that mindset and that emotional intelligence of how we lead ourselves in alignment and knowing, knowing that you're, you've got lots of things on the go and blocking off. It's like, this is what I know I need to feel good. Yep. So I'm going to do it. Yep. And didn't even yeah. think twice. Didn't make, give it any yeah. other meaning. No. And, and you build proof. It's like, okay, that felt better. Where do I need yeah. my next one? Where do I need my next one? And, and yeah, it's just, it's been so freeing for me to really learn because I think the thing is, is that so many times when, and this message is for you, if you're listening, you're trying to build a business, we're in all of these times and spaces. So you're after trying to learn all the strategies and all the things you need for business. But I'm telling you right now, the more you learn yourself, you learn mm. about yourself, the learn, you learn what, how you best work. That's how your business is going to grow. Cause you can add strategy anytime, but when you add strategy to poor knowledge and emotional intelligence of who you are, it won't work. No, no, a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. And the more that you learn yourself, the more you realize that your best strategy is your energy. Mm-hmm. Like your best strategy is your energy. And yes, there's obviously like logistical strategies that we can be putting into our business and stuff. But again, they will only work and they will only feel as good as you desire them to feel when you know yourself. Mm-hmm. That's and cool. when you know what, you know, it is, it's, I say like, if you're only doing something because you think you should be doing it, then you definitely shouldn't be fucking doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Right. Like right that's simple. Yeah. Like, boom. Yeah. Like if, if, if you're only doing the strategy because you think you should be doing it, then you shouldn't do it. <laughs> no. You shouldn't do it. No, that's absolute. That's an absolute mic drop right there. Because when I first, like when I lost my job at the beginning of COVID, I responded in fear and lack. I responded mm. in like, oh my God, I have to learn everything right now. Like all at once. It's, yeah. it's like my business would make or break what I learned in the next three months, which was mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> but that's, that's where my brain was just this fear yeah. space. And now it's like, no way. Is that out of fear? Is that out of lack? Or is that out of an expansion? Like, why do I yeah. want to say yes to it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can look back at that time period and, and be so grateful that you actually experienced what it feels like to move from a place of fear, because now again, you've got that benchmark, you know, you know what it feels like, you know what it looks like when you're moving from a place of fear. So in that moment, you know, looking back, you might get, you know, oh, I was moving from fear. I was moving from lack, but it's like, no, be grateful that you actually got to experience that because now you know what you don't want to feel when you're making decisions and when you're moving in your business. Yeah. A hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. And I really think I, if you're listening and understanding this, I want you to take away how important and fast those shifts are in mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you can make it mean something completely different, or you can mm-hmm. recognize that and go, nope, not we're going this way instead. A hundred. It's like, we can like, I always say like we drop it, like it's hot. Like we notice it. We see it and then it's gone. It's like, we don't have to, we don't have to get fixated on it. We don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to like protect it with our dear life. It's like, boom, this, this doesn't make sense. Boom. This isn't what I actually desire. Okay. Switch and and move. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 I love, I love this rant. Uh, there's so much energy. In it. I love it. I love it. So before we wrap up, you have your Facebook group. We'll make sure that link is in there. Your podcast. Why did you go with the name wildly audacious? I love the name, but I would love to know. Thank you. Have you explained that? So, um, it's kind of funny. The name dropped in, um, as the audacity originally. And, but at the time I didn't realize it was dropping in as I was in the hot tub. I remember the day exactly. I was in the hot tub and the audacity came in and I was like, 
ooh, this is a mastermind. Like, boom, I instantly made it mean something, right? I instantly took the name and I was like, this is a mastermind. It's going to be so good. All these ideas started flowing. And no one bought the audacity. It was a, a quote unquote failed launch. Okay. But I, you know, my mindset, my emotional intelligence, I'm good with it. I'm, I didn't make it mean anything. But from that, it was one of those moments of like, this isn't, the, the audacity wasn't meant to come through as a program. The audacity was the energy with which I was being called to step into, into being audacious mm-hmm. and to, to really allowing myself to, to express that and step into that and lead others into their wild audacity. And so in naming the podcast, it was like wildly audacious, just kind of like, whoop. there it is. Like it was just wildly audacious. It just kind of, it just kind of flowed and it has actually become like my, my benchmark for me and how I lead myself. Am I being wildly audacious? If I'm holding this brand as wildly audacious, am I in integrity with that? Mm-hmm. And it has become my checkpoint where it's like, am I being wildly audacious or am I playing small? And it's become, it's, it has become, and it's becoming a bigger brand for me in, in that name. And it's, there's like, it's still like, I slow down when my brain starts going and when <laughs> slow down my talking. So it's like, there's so much I'm, I'm desiring to build on top of wildly audacious. I yeah. And it, it's, it's the activation, it's the activation of activating the wild audacity in, in everyone else. Mm-hmm. which it does, which it does. I've taken a number of your programs and you do that. You definitely oh, do that. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I've loved this conversation. I have um, one quick question for you. And again, I'll make sure mm-hmm. that everything is in the show notes. So people know how to connect with you. What is, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, um, I'm surprised that this is what's coming to my ear right now. There's so many, um, but you get what you give. And it's funny because my grandma, my Nana, she will be a hundred years old on Sunday. I know she's, I love she was, she, yeah, she's, and it kind of goes like the golden rule, like treat, treat others the way that you want to be treated. Like she was very faithful. And, and this may be because I heard the song by the new radicals um, in the car the other day. I don't know if you know, it's an older band, but you get what you give. And I think this is really for me, like the integrity check, the integrity check in like, you know, if I like kind of comes down to like the, I go first, like you get what you give. I go first. Like that's, that's really what it, it comes down to. But I was not expecting that to come through my ear when you asked me that question, but it it must be, it must be there. Yeah. It's there for a reason. It did. And I love that you trust that and that that's, and that's, that's the other reason why I love this question at the end, because it, a lot of times what comes up for people is not what they expected, or Mm -hmm. it's just, they sit for a second or it's an automatic, but you do get what you give. And I, I love that piece. And I love how you reference, like you have to go first. I just, I say it all the time. And it's my reminder that it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you, if this is what you choose, you have to go first. No, one's going to come and fix this. You need to do this yourself. Yeah. I hear I get it, but you have to go first. That's exactly it. And I, it's, it's that choice, right. Coming down to your, you know, it's, it's knowing that we are always in the realm of choice and we get to choose 
what's good for us and what feels good for us or what we think we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's that choice that allows us to continue to make powerful choices. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Those, those words saved me many years ago and Mm -hmm. they're my compass when I feel frustrated Mm -hmm. or I feel I'm like, okay, wait, what's okay. All of this is happening over here, but what choice are you making right now, Marcia? And it's like, oh wait, I'm not actually making one that becomes my, that's my compass. Right. It's, and it's that empowering feeling. It like, it gives you, gives, gives you, gives us to take our power back. Mm-hmm. And we often say like, oh, it takes my power away or my power gets taken away. It's like, no, like we give our power away. We choose to give our power away. Mm-hmm. So that gives us that empowerment back. We get to claim our power back when we own our choices. And when we, when we acknowledge that we're in choice. Yeah. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so okay. much for your time. Thank Karen. you. There's so much gold in here. Absolutely. It love was so good. Thank you so good. much. This was so much fun. So much fun. I just love you so much. And thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.